As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Well, I know you're not clapping for me. You're eager to dive into God's Word. We return to our Dear Lord series for this week and next week. The title of this message is Paul, a prayer for gospel impact. So if you have a copy of God's word, whether it's physical or digital, I encourage you to open it up to Colossians chapter four. As you're turning to Colossians chapter four, I want to talk to the men. Men, I want to invite you. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to come to High Point Men tonight at 630. The reason why I want you to be there tonight is we're going to talk about a topic that is rarely talked about in the church, rarely talked about with men, but is an important topic for men, and that is emotional health. The reality is that all men have emotions, but few men understand their emotions, and even fewer men are comfortable with their emotions, and fewer still are comfortable talking about their emotions. Therefore, many men, most men are emotionally unhealthy. They suppress their emotion in unhealthy ways, or they express their emotion in unhealthy ways, but there is a better way. And so tonight we're going to talk about six common emotions of men. Do you want to know what the six emotions are? Come tonight at 6.30. (laughs) And ladies, if you're here and you got a man in your life, encourage them to come. I'm telling you, they're going to be blessed. They're going to be challenged. And we're going to start this conversation together as men, being emotionally healthy men. So clear your calendar tonight, 6.30 to 8. We're going to have some fried chicken. We're going to have a good time together. But we're going to, you're going to hear a testimony of a guy's journey to emotional health. It's going to be powerful. And if you know me, you know that I bring God's word with authenticity, with clarity, being direct and being practical. That's where we're going tonight. So men, join us tonight. Well, here we are this morning. Our title of the message is Paul, a prayer for gospel impact. Colossians chapter four, verses two through six. Follow along with me as I read. It says this, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, prayer also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Here in these verses, we actually see three prayers for gospel impact. If you're taking notes, jot these down. Prayer number one is this, dear Lord, open opportunities for the gospel. Where where do we see this? Right here in verses two and three, it says this, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful with it, with thanksgiving. Do you see three characteristics of effective prayer right here in verse two? Do you see the three characteristics? It's be steadfast, be watchful, be thankful, be steadfast. What have you been praying a really long time for? 
Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a financial concern. Maybe it's the salvation of a loved one. Maybe it's relief in an enduring season of suffering in your life. Maybe it's for victory in an area of struggle. What have you been praying a really long time for? Be steadfast. Keep praying. Don't give up. Be be watchful. Be watchful means to stay awake. It's to be alert, to be mindful in your prayer. And then the third thing is to be thankful. This is Thanksgiving week. Of course, we're thankful on Thanksgiving Day. Did you know that we're to be thankful the other 364 days out of the year? To be thankful in all circumstances at all times. So do these characteristics define your prayer life, describe your prayer life? being steadfast, being watchful, being thankful. From this, Paul jumps right into praying for gospel opportunities. Do you see it? He says, at the same time, pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ from which of on account of which I am in prison. Do you notice what Paul does not pray for? Paul does not pray for a get out of jail free card. Paul does not pray for justice. Paul does not pray for comfort in prison. What is it that Paul prays for? Paul prays for open opportunities for the gospel. Oh, that we would pray like Paul. Instead of, dear Lord, bless me. What if it was, dear Lord, use me? Instead of, dear Lord, set me free from my trial. Dear Lord, allow this trial to be a gospel opportunity. Not just, dear Lord, thank you for turkey and football and pumpkin pie. As amazing as those things are, dear Lord, give me an opportunity to show and share Jesus with my family this Thanksgiving. Praying for gospel opportunities. What's an opportunity? An opportunity is a need and then the ability to meet the need. Uh, Today we have an opportunity to show the love of Jesus with our community and most of us here in this room have the ability to meet the need. I'm so thankful for the ministry of High Point Cares. Did you know that this year we have already served 4,200 families? Can we praise God for that? Last weekend, we dedicated our fifth physical care center location at our Mammoth location. They're preparing to give away 750 meals this Thanksgiving. Can we praise God for that? <laughs> Yesterday, we had a team of people gather together at our Wheaton location for our Grow a Row initiative. We're clearing the property. We're building raised beds so that we can build a sustainable garden to be able to provide fresh produce at our, at our food markets. Can we praise God for that? And then next month, we're preparing to give away 3,000 toys to over 1,000 families in our community through a Care Center Christmas. Let's praise the Lord for that. Here at this location, our food market is on Thursday nights at, seven, or at 6 o'clock. And then we meet with people. We have care center appointments on Sundays at 11 o'clock. 
God is doing amazing things through High Point Cares. This is all possible because of your giving to Limitless. But more than just sharing statistics with you, I want to share a story with you. This is a recent story, a story that's been developing over the last few months. We received this prayer request on August the 23rd. It just simply said this, I'm officially broke. I can't catch up on my basic bills. I work 12 to 16 hours a day, so I'm asking for help. Is there someone who can maybe sit with me and help me consolidate my expenses, help with van repairs, help me catch up on past dues, help with food? My kids barely see me, and it's heartbreaking. It's bad. It's been bad since July 10 of last year. I can't catch up after a job switch that I thought for sure that was led by God. Huge leap of faith, but I've been drowning ever since. I pray to trust God every day, and I do, but I need help. I've been a single mom for 13 years, and I've always worked two jobs, sacrificed a ton for my kids to put a roof over our head. I'm getting tired and weak. I just need help. Thank you. We followed up with this young mom. Here's two more updates. On October the 8th, this is what she wrote. So many blessings this past month. Met with a new couple at High Point, and they came alongside of me in a way that I've never experienced before, helping with prayer and food and budget, etc. I'm forever grateful. I still need prayer for so many things, but I see a light. And Hope Group has changed my life. I'm so grateful for the teaching, the testimony, the fellowship, every bit of it. Thank you for offering this. And then a few weeks ago on October the 23rd, this same single mom wrote this, so thankful for the care center team. They've gone over and above to help me these past few weeks. I've never felt cared like this before. Thankful for them. Every single mom, or as a single mom of 13 years, it can be very lonely. I'm also very thankful for Hope Group. I've been a believer for 35 years and pretty much always in some form of Bible study, but this is different. This is an oasis for my spiritual soul. I feel like I'm finally breaking down walls, continue prayer for me financially and restored relationships for my kids. Can we just pause and just pray for this single mom? Heavenly Father, we call out to you on behalf of this mom. God, we love her. But God, we know that you love her more than we would ever love her. God, you see what her needs are. And so God, would you provide for her daily bread? God, would you provide uh, the strength that she needs each and every day? God, would you give her peace of mind? Would you give her hope in her spirit? God, would you strengthen her relationship with her kids? Give her perseverance on this journey that you have called her to. And God, may we be a church that would come alongside and support her as we have been and as we continue to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So thankful for everyone who serves in High Point Cares. Can we just give it up for them? These stories are only possible because of the amazing people that serve in High Point Cares. Two weekends ago, over 40 leaders from High Point Cares, from growth groups, from Hope Group joined together for our care and counsel training. And one of the things we're talking about in care and counsel is developing a care plan to care for everybody. And everybody can get some care, whether it's through a 
a growth group or a hope group or a care center and how we can support each other. God is doing amazing things. Uh, our care center exists, High Point Cares exists, to show and show the love of Jesus in our community through resources, relationships, and referrals. Well, what are resources? Resources are basic grocery items. They're self-care items. What's relationships? Relationships with us. People need relationship with people, but they also need a relationship with God. And then referrals. So we can't do everything, but we can do something. And what we can't do, we can help direct people, refer people on uh, to get some help. And so I've been talking to our care center team and I just said, hey, what are some ways that we can, as a church can come alongside and support? And they said really quickly two things. Here's what you can do here today to support High Point Cares. Number one is to donate your time. Just sign up and serve. You can, sign, you can serve on a rotating basis in our food market or meeting with people or for special events. You can see our QR code on your handout today. I would love it. It would be a blessing to me, a great encouragement to me by the end of this service that dozens of people would go to that QR code and say, yeah, I'm interested. Tell me more about how I can serve. Donate your time. The second thing is to donate resources. Donate just basic resources, just basic grocery items. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to end our service a bit early so that we can all collectively uh, go to Jewel on Ogden and to buy some resources to donate to our care center. Well, why would we do this? Well, one is that there's a need in our care center and everything that comes into our care center through this donation today is going to be able to help sustain us through the holiday season and Lord willing, even uh, beyond. But we want to be able to go collectively together to be a presence in our community so that people see us when we're in Jewel. They see us and they know that High Point is a church where what our truck says, what we believe, what our t-shirt says is that High Point cares. And so us collectively going together helps us to be able to communicate that message. And so if you are here, we want everyone, yes, you, want everyone to get in your car, go get your kids, to have this be a family thing. Maybe you can buy just one item, a can of soup. That would be amazing. Maybe you could buy a few items. Maybe you can buy more. You can see in your growth guide some things that are needed in our care center. But what is an opportunity? An opportunity is a need and ability to meet the need. You've heard the need. Do you have an ability to meet the need, whether it's donating time or donating resources or doing both? But before we go, remember, we're looking at Colossians chapter 4. We're looking at three prayers for gospel impact. The first prayer is praying for open opportunities for the gospel. The second prayer is this, is that, dear Lord, open my mouth for the gospel. Well, where, where do we see this? Continuing with verse three and then verse four. At the same time, pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. So do you see, it's not just showing the love of Jesus, but it's also sharing about the love of Jesus. And how is it that Paul ought to speak? How ought he to speak? He ought to speak clearly. How ought we to speak? Clearly. Does anyone know anyone that makes really simple things complicated? 
Anyone next to you, they make simple things complicated. That's not what we want to do with the mystery of Christ. We want to take what is complicated and beautiful, and we want to make it simple. If God were to answer your first prayer, dear Lord, open an opportunity for the gospel, would you then open up your mouth for the gospel? If so, what would you say? Can you share the gospel with clarity, with compassion, with a deep conviction, and with confidence? If God opens up an opportunity for me to open up my mouth, oftentimes I'll go to Romans 6.23. I love Romans 6.23 because it makes the mystery of Christ clear. It talks about the bad news first and then the good news. You, the good news isn't good news until you understand the bad news. Maybe this illustration helps. You can see it here. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A great verse to memorize. The wages of sin, what we deserve because of our sin is death. But the gift, the free gift from God is life, that God gives us life. What I love about this is that it also does the comparison and contrast. Do you see wage? What's a wage? A wage is something that you earn. What's a gift? It's something that you don't deserve, you can't earn. What is sin? Sin is to miss the mark of holiness. Who is God? God is completely holy, the opposite of sin. What is death? Well, there is physical death, there's spiritual death, there's eternal death. That if we're spiritually dead, when we physically die, then we'll experience eternal death. But what's the opposite of death? The opposite of death is life. Well, how do we get this free gift of God, which is life? What does it say? It says, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so, Some might say, well, I can't believe that there's only one way to God. I can't believe that there is even a way to God. And he's made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. You see how this is an illustration that you could just have a napkin at a coffee shop and you could draw this out on a napkin, share the gospel clearly. So we're praying for Uh, gospel impact. What are the three prayers? Dear Lord, open opportunities for the gospel. Dear Lord, open my mouth for the gospel. And then what is the third prayer? The third prayer we see is this. It's dear Lord, open hearts for the gospel. Notice this in verses five and six. It says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Notice this phrase, outsiders. Outsiders means those who are outside of the faith. Have you ever been an outsider in any context? What does it feel like to be an outsider? You don't know people. You don't know the lingo. You don't know what to do. You feel awkward. Can I just get out of here as quickly as I can? Our job as believers is to help pull those who are outside and help pull them inside, inside the faith. What's it like for someone to walk through the doors of High Point? Have you ever thought about that? If you've been coming for a while, it's pretty comfortable. You know exactly where you're going to sit. You know some people, you know what's happening, but 
What about the person that's walking through the doors maybe for the first time and has a heavy heart? It's going through a season of suffering. Maybe is coming through with a, a hurting heart and just uh, feels like they're, they're guilty, that uh, they've got some shame, and it's been a long time since I've been in church. Maybe the person that's coming in with a hard heart, I don't even know why I'm here. Or the questioning heart. I don't know who to believe or what to believe. The searching heart. I, I hope this church is different than the other churches that I've gone to that have been really bad and really hard and unloving. The lonely heart. Feeling all alone. Does God really love me? Can I find a people that would love me? What's it like to walk through the doors of our church and then to sit right next to you? Are we communicating the love of Jesus to those that are on the outside and welcoming them on the inside? It's not just my job, it's our job to do together. And not just here at the church, but in your neighborhood and at work, in other social contexts. Their job is to help draw those that are on the outside and bring them on the inside. Help break down those walls that hinder people from being able to experience the gospel of Christ. And this is why we need to make the best use of time. Make the best use of every time, every time that we gather together. The verse then continues to say this. It says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So is it not true that there's nothing better, there's nothing better than French fries that are seasoned with salt? Do you know the secret on how to get fresh French fries, when you go through a drive-thru, whether it's Portillo's or someone else, you, what you do is you, you, you order them saltless, and then they have to make brand new French fries just for you. And then you just carry around a little bit of salt in your purse, and then you just put the salt on yourself, and then it's not over-salted or under-salted. Or at the drive-thru, after they give you your saltless French fries, you can just say, hey, can I have some packets of salt? <laughs> There's nothing like French fries that are seasoned with salt. But what if, what if I were to just pour on the salt? What does that do? Would you appreciate it if I just poured salt down your throat? What if, what if I just threw salt in your face? Would you appreciate that? Sadly, this is what Christians do. So many Christians, they just want to, in their desire for the truth, they just pour it on. They throw salt in people's faces. Well, I love the person, so I'm going to tell them the truth. Well, your motive might be love. I'm not going to judge your motive, but your manner isn't love. And what you're doing 
What you're doing is hurting this person from ever responding and receiving the gospel. And you're harming us as you're throwing salt in people's faces. You're harming us who are trying to share the gospel in a Jesus-focused way. Well, what's a Jesus-focused way? Jesus' focus is grace and truth simultaneously together. Think about this, Jesus with the woman caught in adultery. That Jesus said to him, where are your accusers? They had gone, and Jesus says to them, neither do I condemn you. That's grace. And then what do you say? Go and sin no more. That's truth. Did Jesus pile on the truth, just pour on the truth about her adultery? Did he throw in her face all the different commandments that she broke? No, he was gracious. He seasoned with salt. Think about how Jesus interacted with other people. So you think about how you might answer everyone. In John chapter 3, Jesus is interacting with Nicodemus and Jesus started with Nicodemus with that which, which was spiritual or theology. And then he moved to life. But then in the next chapter, he's with the woman at the well and he starts with her life. And then he goes to that which is spiritual or that which is theology. That we may be able to answer everyone. And so our job isn't to have everyone respond to the gospel, to draw people unto God. We can't do that. Only God is the one that opens hearts to the gospel. But God provides opportunities. He he provides us opportunities to open up our mouths to show and to then share the gospel. And then God is the one that opens hearts. And so what is our job, church? Our job is to go and sow. It's God's job to cause it to grow. And so what are the three prayers that we are praying? Why don't we stand together, church, as we bring this message to a close? What are our three prayers? Notice that these are written out as prayers. And so let's say these together. Let's pray these together. And then we'll sing and then we'll be commissioned out uh, to go and share the love of Jesus uh, by going to Jewel today. So what are our three prayers? Let's pray them along with me. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together.